The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. New year, new credit scores. Chime makes it easier to build credit by using your own money to make on-time payments with a secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. Use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. To apply, just open a Chime checking account with a qualifying direct deposit. There's no annual fee or credit check required when applying. Get started at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Late payment may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. Today's guest will talk of champions is Tim Strickland, former Ole Miss defensive back, because it's Egg Bowl week. The Egg Bowl is back. One last regular season game for Ole Miss football and Mississippi State, too. But coming off an uninspiring win over Vanderbilt on Saturday, and we didn't do the postgame show. It was my fault. Because Brad said, Ben, we have to do the postgame show. And I went, ah, I got a lot of stuff to do on Sunday. That game was abysmal. It was boring. It was terrible. Just everything about it sucked. I think we can get away with just doing a podcast on Monday morning, kind of rolling the week out like that. It's a short week. Me and Zach will do a recruiting podcast, and then you and I will do a post-game podcast after the Egg Bowl. I think we can get away with it. No, no, no. There are a lot of people that hit me up on Twitter and on the message board <laughs> on the Omen Spirit, omenspirit.com and affiliate of on3.com and said, hey, where's the post-game show? So you were right. Yeah, I, I, I apologize. my apologies on that. I should have pushed you a little harder. Um, I fault. just know that I know when I'm out and about, man, a lot of people, a lot of people compliment us or, or just say that they listen to the show. So, um, I know, I know a lot of people do it on their drives or when they're riding and, and all that. So I, I knew people would be asking for it, but next time, next time I'll make sure that we, um, I push you a little harder on it. It was my fault. I take full responsibility, but that game was so terrible. It was, it was, but, but, but sometimes people want to go somewhere where they can hear, they can hear some negative intake and they can. Their their feelings can be verified, as um, as I think what what people are looking for there. Well, they should be a little disappointed after that game. That was just an absolutely awful game. Defensively, they continue to do good things, but the offense, what is up with the offense? And Jonathan Mingo played. Yeah. He came back, and yet offensively, especially in the second half, they scored two or three. I can't remember now. It's either two or three second half touchdowns in their last eight second half quarters. One of those touchdown drives came against Texas A&M on a short field after an interception. It was 15 yards. What is going on? Because a lot of people ask me, is it other teams making adjustments and Ole Miss not making any adjustments? Like, what's the deal? I don't know. Yeah, uh, I think what Lane alluded to kind of got me thinking a little bit um, is the fact that they don't rotate and they, you know, they, they go so fast. And he, he kind of alluded, he kind of almost chalked it up to the depth. And um, you got to wonder if they get worn down in games. I don't know how true that is, but um, I wish and I wish and I mean I don't know if this is just the thing, but it seems like to me, you know, when we play these kind of games, they just don't. They do just enough to win, which you know I, I know that people want to see them crushed him, but but they had they had a look to Thursday mentality this whole game. I mean, the play calling was very vanilla. It was very. Like, hey, we know we got better talent. We're gonna do what we need to do to win this game and not get injured, kind of thing. And I know it sucks to, to it gives you a bad feeling, but you know that they did have a game on Thursday coming up, and um, you know they got up early, pretty good. And I feel like they try to control the game. I don't feel like they were as aggressive. And I, my only complaint is, I wish in these games he would just take the three points, especially since they're not you know uh, going crazy fast, you know, do, doing you know down, a lot of downfield stuff. Um, I wish we would just take the points so that way. I mean, the game would look a little, a little better had we had we kicked probably two or three of those field goals down there as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it it certainly is a bad look, but I think they. I don't know if this is Lane's thing or what, but it just seems like in these games he goes out there with 
with a very small play sheet and you know, just you know knows that knows they're going to win it. So for the Ole Miss fan that spent all day Sunday really bummed out, thinking, God, how can Ole Miss win the Egg Bowl, go to Starkville and beat Mississippi State, the in-state rival, on Thursday on Thanksgiving night? And they were waiting to hear from us for the postgame show, and I robbed them of that. What do you tell them? You know, I think that um, we're just going to have to go on there with the right intensity and the right mindset. And we're going to have to play clean football, which means no turnovers. The, the, the penalties, you know, we've been saying it all year, but can't have any crazy penalties. And, you know, we're going to have to survive that environment, man. That's going to be absolutely lit up. Ole Miss is a top 10 team. Mississippi State is honestly playing to be second in the West. As good as this season has been for Ole Miss football, I'm telling you, man, it's going to sting if we finish below them in the West. I don't care if we went one nine games in regular season, whatever. There's a lot to play for, and these guys need to have their minds ready and have their bodies ready to go. Um, you know that it sucks. It comes down to this, but but you could you could you know go nine and three this year and then finish you know third in the West and with State being above you, and it just won't feel the same. So I think there's a lot lot to play for this game and. And not to mention, there's a, there's a humongous bowl um, bowl opportunity riding on this as well. So um, I just think they're going to go on there and be be clean, you know, play clean football, survive that opening wave, and um, you know, it, it's it's going to be a tough environment. It's going to be like Auburn, so um, they they're going to have to go on there and have poise. Are you discouraged after the Vanderbilt game? I'm not at all, and, and the reason why I'm not is because I've seen some things that I think are going to be really big for this game. Matt Corral is almost back to 100% with his legs. Now, he did not use it versus Vandy, but I can tell you right now, you're going to see old Matt Corral this week. There, There's no way he's sliding down, and he's going to leave it out there. He's going to leave it all on the line this week. I can guarantee you that. So I think you're going to see a lot of plays with his legs. And another thing that, that has kind of popped up to me that, that people need to realize – Ole Miss has struggled versus the mobile quarterback. And I don't know what it is. Every time we play a mobile quarterback, it just it, they just keep extending plays with their legs. Now, defense did fine this game, but they got a lot of a lot of first downs with his legs, whereas opposed to when we played LSU, A&M, man, we swallowed those quarterbacks up. And luckily for us, Mississippi State's quarterback isn't a real big runner, so I'll be interested to see how, how our defense – you know, our, our MO this year has been that the stationary quarterbacks have not fared very well versus us. So um, it, it'll, it'll be fun to, to watch that matchup. I don't think that the outcome of Ole Miss Vanderbilt will in any way have any effect on the Egg Bowl. Zero. And that's why I'm not really panicking. Or that's why I'm not really telling Ole Miss fans, yeah, you should be concerned, this, this, and this. Because there are some positive things to take away. One, the defense continues to do good work. Two... Almost was playing very vanilla offensively. They just wanted to get out of there with a win and no further injuries. Now, it wasn't inspiring. It was a miserable game. And it has absolutely nothing to do with what's going to happen in the Egg Bowl. They started practicing for the Egg Bowl last week. Not that they weren't practicing for Vanderbilt or preparing for Vanderbilt. They were. But because of the short week and it being on Thanksgiving night, no other schools in the country really have to deal with this. So Ole Miss had to start putting in the install for Mississippi State. And when you're trying to prepare for two teams – stands to reason that your complete focus and your complete intensity and all your energy isn't focused on the team that you're going to beat no matter what. Yeah, and, and if you if you need somewhere, if you need some some confirmation or or you know some history, you, you go back and look at the when we played Liberty. We I mean we could not stop them in the run game. They ran all over us, but then we come back versus AM and we absolutely dominate them. So it's kind of one of those same things. Same thing. Where, yeah. Same yeah, thing. It's, 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 so luckily for me, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, you know what? Well this is kind of our thing versus these schools. They do enough to win. They don't get injured. You know, don't put in a ton of plays. They go out and play base football and know they can beat them with talent. Well, then you come back versus a a team that beat Alabama and watched us just absolutely get after them like, like I've never seen before. That may be, that may be just the way, way it is at Ole Miss. You know, it, it that just may be Lane's thing. And, um, you know, I'm sure he wants to win, win better. But, you know, in the past, there's only been one game this year where we really, um, you know, went out there and, and didn't play play you know that great a ball and that was Auburn you know and Alabama just beat us with straight up talent but for the most part we've bounced back after these kind of games and and you know when it when it when it counts I think we'll be there and I think we'll be we'll, we'll be we'll be playing well that Auburn loss looks worse and worse and worse as the season finishes up here and it's Man, not Ole Miss's uh, fault I mean Ole Miss has had some shit scheduling luck because Auburn was playing at its very best I think at that time when Ole Miss played Auburn at Auburn Ole Miss was its most banged up of the year so called Auburn at the absolute worst time for both teams. Yeah, I will say this too. Um, yeah, we caught them at their best. We were banged up. 
But go back and look at Vandy recently. Vandy hasn't been that they were getting really blown out early in the year. They played South Carolina to a twenty-one to twenty game, a team that just beat Auburn. So, um, I mean, yeah, it's they. I'm not saying they're a good team, but they've got no. They're not, but I think the point is pretty simple. Yeah, it was uninspiring, but it was never really a contest. This quarterback has given them a little spark, man, with his legs, and they're they're not good by any means. But they they weren't they weren't like they were earlier in the year. What do you think about the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving? I don't care, man. I, I actually don't mind it. I mean, it gives me, I, for whatever reason, listen, I played in the NFL for a while, but like I can't get into NFL football the way I do college football. Like, even though they have the the um, you know, they have a Thanksgiving game, but like for whatever reason, I, I like watching Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving, but I don't really particularly care about watching NFL football on Thanksgiving or NFL football in general. You know what I mean? So. Um, I don't mind it. I mean, I think it's a cool, cool thing on, on Thanksgiving. I, I like the game no matter when it's played, but you know, it does give you something to do, and it's going to be a fun, fun this weekend to be sitting around with the family and, and watching some egg bowl. Do players like to play on Thanksgiving? Yeah, I've said this before. I think it's it's players are kind of indifferent. Um, just depends on your situation. You know, I, I, in college, I don't I don't think it's that big of a deal. You know, I mean, it's not like you know, not like you're really celebrating a, a, a Thanksgiving. You know too too crazy like you are in the nfl when you have a whole family you know so you got people that with a bunch of kids and all this so it's a little different nfl feeling because you know, you're off for thanksgiving you got your kids at the house you know all that so it's just a different feel but in the college you know, your younger kids you know the, the most you do for thanksgiving is maybe going home with your with your mom anyways well um you know, you'll get a little time off after that after that to do it but i think it's it's a cool cool memory um something really cool to do i get why there's a lot of hesitancy from Ole miss fans about feeling confident about this game because I think Mississippi State is playing really well, but even if they weren't playing well, it's the Egg Bowl, and it's in Starkville. And lately, I just default to the team that's playing at home as a team that I'm going to predict to win, because I don't know. And it's so cliche and stupid, but it's true. When these two teams play, just throw the records out, because God knows what's going to happen. They watched that Bandy game, and there ain't nobody even focusing on it. I, I mean, I'm not even sure they even watched it as a team, maybe. Um, or watch it individually, but they were right on the state. I guarantee you, after this game, nobody's even thinking about it today. They were on the state on Wednesday. I yeah, I, I, they're, they're they're full. They know. I mean, they know inside that building what this means for the season. Like you've had a great year. Yeah, you have a chance to to win the most most games, you know, in regular season history or whatever for Ole Miss. But if you mess around and lose this last game, it's going to have a weird feel to it. No matter even though even though even though we could go nine and three still. Is going to have a bad feeling if, if State finishes second above you in a year where you had one of your best seasons ever as a program. It's just not going to be the same. And I hate that it's at that point. I was, uh, I wish State was was going to be below us no matter what. But man, that's going. It's just not going to feel the same if they beat us. So they know inside that building what they're preparing for. They know what what this game means, and this will just put the cherry on the top, man. To to get after them, and it's going to take our best effort of the year. People got to realize you now this state team has turned it on. This is not the team that lost to Memphis. I can tell you that right now. They're playing much better. I watched them versus Auburn, and I don't know if it, Auburn just let go of the rope or what. But um, Auburn also sucks. I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. But they they got after them pretty good down in Auburn, so they're a very capable team. Um, do I think we're better? Yeah, I do. But I think it's going to take our best effort. Any kind of sloppy play result in a ass beating on Thursday. I can tell you that right now. We'll get right back to Bradley Sow on this edition of Talk of Champions with former Ole Miss defensive back Tim Strickland coming up on the Modern Woman phone line after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford and Blue Delta Jeans, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. What's your schedule looking like this fall? Don't answer that. I already know. Ole Miss football Saturdays, right? It's all back and you're going to be there. But when you're making those trips, why not go in style? In the dream car, truck, or Jeep you've always wanted, well, the only place to go for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They're going to get you into your dream car at a price point you can afford, and the process is going to be as seamless as possible. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now. I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. 
Well, Alan Samuels has been with me the longest. I myself have bought a car from Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, and there's no better car buying experience. Make sure to ask for Byron or Mason and tell them that Talk of Champions sent you so that you can take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. It's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. The Blue Delta Jeans Post Game Show is brought to you by who else? Blue Delta Jeans. The holy grail of blue jeans. The pair that fits you so perfectly, it's like they were made just for you. Because they were. Blue Delta Jeans is a Mississippi-based company whose one-size-fits-one jeans are handmade in the U.S. to fit you and only you. Both Brad and myself have multiple pairs of Blue Delta Jeans, so trust us when we tell you your search for the perfect pair or pairs is over. Blue Delta Jeans caters uniquely to your size. You don't even have to visit Oxford to get them either. Simply visit BlueDelta.com, BlueDelta.com right now. Don't wait and see your virtual tailor. Go online to answer 12 questions and be honest, a Southern man should never ask a woman, weight, height, shoe size, to provide Blue Delta your measurements. And once you've made your selections, submit your order, and in just a few weeks, your custom-made jeans will arrive at your door. As if you needed further convincing, Blue Delta jeans are the official jeans of Team USA in the Ryder Cup. And right now, they're proud to offer their classic Indigo Smooth denim jeans with the Ryder Cup logo on the watch pocket. So what are you waiting on? Blue Delta jeans are comfortable on the first wear, but will feel even better over time as the jean breaks in and they're made just for you in Tupelo, Mississippi. So visit BlueDelta.com today, BlueDelta.com, and use our promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, TOC, for $50 off your first purchase. That's BlueDelta.com, promo code TOC, for $50 off your first purchase. Your search for the perfect pair of jeans is over. Blue Delta Jeans, the title sponsor of the Talk of Champions post-game show. Since I'm not going to talk to you again before the Egg Bowl, we're only going to do one show, me and Brad, and then me and Zach are going to do a recruiting show, and then we're going to roll into the Egg Bowl. It's a short week. So we're going to do the post-game show, the Blue Delta Jeans post-game show after the Egg Bowl. But since I won't talk to you before then, other than on this podcast, what are the keys then to beating Mississippi State? I think the keys will be be a few things, man. So so one, we'll go to the defense side of the ball. I'll be interested to see how Durkin plays this. Is he going to go after this guy and pressure him? And I mean, it's a quick throw offense. So I'll be interested to see how he attacks him. Is he going to sit back in the drop eight and kind of play a, a tackle to catch game, or is he going to go after this kid? Something tells me he's going to do a mix of both, but um, I'll be interested to see how that matchup works out. I, I like us. Um, I like us in that sense. You know, I, I like us. It, it, our, we got a good pass rush. We got Mark Robinson, Chance Cabell, some good blitzes. Otis Reese, I, I think we're going to be able to get after them a little bit. Are we going to be a tackle catch, or are we going to be to slow down their passing game? And then on offense, man, let's get down there and establish the run early. And, and and really, really try to, try to you know, you don't want any crazy stuff early. No no crazy throws, no, no, no plays that require a bunch of communication at the line. It's going to be loud as hell. Let's get up. Let's line it up. Let's run the ball. Let's get let's let's get our foot in the door. Let's get that run game you know going early and let, let's, you know, let's try to bring them to the line so we can hit them over the top. But I, I just think I think those are going to be the two keys. Man, I'll be interested to see how we play this kid. I, I think we should go after him personally. But we'll see if he sits back and tries to let him dink and dunk it down the field, or if we or if we try to try to go after him and get get a lot of sacks. Will Rogers doesn't have a big arm, but he's accurate. Man, I, I was impressed with. Him. I watched him pretty closely versus Auburn. Um, he's just getting better and better. He is a very accurate quarterback. Not a, you're right, not a huge arm, but but man, he seems to know where to go with the ball, which is which is telling me, hey, they're getting better in this offense. They're starting to learn it. I was impressed with how how he was always seemed to be hitting the right guy. Which kind of tells me that um, that he's pretty locked in and pretty dialed in when it comes to, to comes to reading defense and knowing the offense. Ole Miss wins the game if what happens? I think we win the game if um, if Matt Corral can run the ball very well. This if he can you know make some stuff happen with his legs, and if we we don't if we don't have as many penalties and we have less penalties than them, and have a takeaway or two on on defense, I think we win win pretty pretty handily. Way too early score prediction. Oh man, I picked us. I picked us to lose versus Sandy, and we played amazing. So I feel like I should do that again, but I, I would never. 
I would never pick us to lose an egg bowl. So I see this being a somewhere in the 30s, 38, 31, Ole Miss, maybe a, um, you know, low, maybe 41, 38. It's going to be a very close game with it going to either way to either team. So uh, I, I like Ole Miss in this game. I like I like it for the simple reason I think Matt Corral is going to leave it all out there on the field. I think you're going to see a much more aggressive runner. I think you're going to see it. Um, yeah, I just feel like there's no way we get on there and not just throw the playbook at them and, and get after them. Man, this game means a lot. You know, it's the Egg Bowl. It's Matt Crow's last game. You go out and have a historic season, and, and you, you turn around, you could be the number six team in the nation because two of those teams in front of us are going to lose this week. And, um, you know, you have a chance to go play in, the, in a pretty big bowl game versus a very good opponent. So um, we have a lot to play for, and, and that that's where my comfort lies. But at this point, Second half struggles, penalties, are those not just baked in to what's going to happen for Ole Miss? That's just a part of the game? Yeah, that's that's kind of been our MO, but, um, you know, every week's different, man. And, um, you know, you, you like to think if you can eliminate those. And I still – But I can still you at this point? Back. Can you realistically say that? I don't think you can. Yeah, I think you can. I think you can. And I think it just, I think it just comes down to, to having your best ball. I still – how about this? This is what's crazy to me. I still do not think that Ole Miss has played its best game this year or a complete game. Now, Louisville is close, but I don't think there's a game where you could say, hey, Ole Miss played its best ball on both sides of the ball. For I mean, four it, quarters, it, no. For LSU four quarters. was pretty close. LSU was close. You're right. LSU was close. But, I mean, we started out, we were almost down 14 nothing to start that game. So, That's true. Yeah. Um, you know, we did have a pick on the goal line there, but I still don't think Ole Miss has, has played its best ball this year. And – um I'd like to see it where the defense plays like they did versus A&M and the offense just, just went old, went, you know, just ballistic like they've been. I think you can see a, a really dangerous, really good team, but I, I think this will be one of those games where it'd be nice to see, um, see the focus there, see them match the intensity and come out there and just play a complete game and, and come out there and just, um, you know, throttle them. Well, injuries are a big reason why they haven't played a complete game on both sides. Agreed. Agreed. I, th- I think that 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 definitely plays a plays a huge huge part in it. If Matt Corral had been healthy the entire year, you probably would have gotten that full four quarter game by now. It all comes yeah. back to him, and that's why this offseason is so important. Matt Corral will be gone. He announced that before the Vanderbilt game. I don't know if he's going to play in the bowl game or not. I would assume he is, but there are some rumblings that he might hold himself out for it. I don't know. I'm not reporting that. I'm just saying that is out there. I don't think he's going to. So before anybody runs to a message board and says, hey, Ben's saying this, I'm not saying he's going to do it. I'm just saying there's a rumor out there, or two, or three, that he might sit out the ball game. I don't think he will, but he might. And that's just a part of the culture now in college football. If I'm part of the bowl committee, I'm legitly going to – like before I choose my team, I'm calling the school and saying, hey, who are you having guys sit out? Because if you do, that's going to that's gonna make me make it. To which my response to the school would be, that's none of your concern. Our resume stands on, on its own because for the bowl committees and for all the big wigs that are making these decisions, if you're really concerned about this, stop making them non-consequential exhibition games. Not Matt Corral, but any player of consequence potentially sitting out your bowl game. Make the postseason matter. It's a postseason problem, not a player problem. Yeah, I would agree with that. We we certainly need to get towards a a bigger playoff system there at the end. and then Because there's you know, no I, shot in hell if it was a 16-team playoff that Matt Corral or anybody, and I'm not saying he's not going to play. There's just some rumblings out there that he might not. So y'all need to be aware of it, not stunned if it were to happen. Point being is that if Matt Corral or anybody was one of the 16 teams in a 16-team playoff, there's no chance in hell they sit out. Because you're going for at least the big prize in that tournament. What are you going for in a game, no matter if it's the Fiesta, the Peach, or the Sugar? And those bowls are awesome. I can't wait to cover a game, Fiesta, Sugar, Pete, whatever it is, Cap One Bowl. I love bowl games. But let's not pretend that they really matter in the grand scheme of things. Here's a question for you, listener out there. Who won the Cap One Bowl in 2014? Yeah. <laughs> Very few people outside of Ole Miss and Oklahoma State remember what happened in the Sugar Bowl in 2016 because it was an exhibition game. And that's celebrated at Ole Miss. So if you really want to solve that problem, just make the postseason matter. Yeah, I'd agree. I think I think we're long overdue for for an extended playoff. Um, yeah, and it, 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 I mean, it does suck, man. It, you, you get there. Can you imagine getting into like the whatever Sugar Bowl versus Notre Dame or something? And you, you hear, hey, you're not going to have your running back and quarterback there and your tackle. They're just going to sit out. I'd be like, ah, 
Yeah, Nick just, Broker, he's going through the NFL draft process now. Or Jerry Ely, he's going to be um, yeah, going with their draft prep or just considering some different stuff. Yeah. That wouldn't be ideal, but you know, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think we're there yet. I don't, think I don't either. I don't either. Um, we'll see. It, it's certainly, certainly something that's got to be on your mind. I think you're, you're correct in saying that is like, Hey man, like let's hope everybody plays. I mean, it's, it's selfish, you know, from our part to want to see that, but yeah, at the end of the day, man, I mean, they have to look out for them. It's, it's a part of the game. It is what it is, man. I mean, yeah. you've seen Leonard Fournette sit out that year. You've seen a bunch of people sit out. Um, it definitely scares you. I mean, think about it. You, like, that's it's common, and it could very well happen. We have a first rounder on our team this year, so the days of stigmatizing players for not coming back for their last year of eligibility or sitting out of ball games that needs to stop. I do not begrudge a player for looking out for himself. I'm not saying that's what's happening, but that is out there, and people need to know that and prepare for it in case it does happen, and not be angry if a player, be it Matt Crow, Jerryon Ely, or Nick Broker, whoever Sam Williams decides to sit out and not play the bowl game. How many people talk about Elijah Moore and Kenny Yeboah opted out of the final two games last year? They didn't even play in the Outback Bowl. How dare they? No one's talking about that now. Anyway, this has the potential this week, not just the Egg Bowl, but with the coaching carousel and everything, to be a really busy week in Ole Miss football. Because I think a lot of people, after Florida can Dan Mullen on Sunday, are thinking about, well, does that mean that Lane Kiffin is going to jump to Florida? All we heard on Sunday, me and Chuck, and talked about it in the Old Miss Spirit and wrote about it, was that Billy Napier, that's all the smoke right now, Billy Napier to Florida. And everyone yeah. thought there's this gentleman's agreement to Arizona State. But Florida, that's why they make the move now, because if Billy Napier's their guy, they go get him. Lane Kiffin is not really in any way involved in the LSU search. They're not really considering him. Mario Cristobal leaves Oregon. He could move potentially. Oregon does make some sense. If Brian Harrison leaves Auburn to go to Washington... Lane Kiffin put out feelers last year to Auburn, but I was told on Sunday that I don't think Auburn would go that route. Where would they go? Probably circle back first to Kevin Steele, where they wanted to go originally before Alan Green, the AD at Auburn, hired Brian Harrison. But Florida is not going to be for Lane Kiffin. The only job I think right now, as of this Monday, that you should be concerned about is Miami. But if you think about all the things we've talked about, Brad, Matt Corral won't be back next year, but it's not just Matt. Jerry on Ely, potentially Snoop, Nick Broker, potentially, probably. Ben Brown will be gone. Braylon Sanders, Dontario Drummond, go to the defensive side of the ball. Sam Williams, Jake Springer, Mark Robinson, probably Chance Campbell. And you really have to hit in the transfer portal to keep this thing going. And Lane Kiffin's star has never been brighter than right now. So, of course, his name's going to be floated. But I think right now, as we're talking here, a lot of Lane Kiffin's potential candidacies at different spots. It's kind of being overblown a little bit and pumped up by certain media types when in actuality with the people that are making decisions don't have him that high. Definitely not at LSU. Definitely not at Florida right now. It could happen. Miami, now that's real, but Miami hadn't opened up yet. We talk about Deion Smith, the LSU wide receiver, potentially coming to Ole Miss in the portal. He hadn't gotten the portal yet. Manny Diaz has not been fired yet either. They're going to hire AD first. And there's a chance that they hire the AD and wait to make a move with Manny Diaz next year. Because that's a lot of turnover, a lot of upheaval in a very short amount of time, especially when you got the early signing period coming December 15th. Yeah, I, I think as, you know, obviously there there's a lot of jobs coming up. And, and you know, some of them are, are ones that people think would be, you know, of Lane's interest. And in the day, this is what it's going to come down to. This is, what every, this is where every fan needs to place its mindset, is Lane Kiffin is going to do what Lane Kiffin wants to do as a man. So before we go into any, any word, Lane Kiffin is going to do what he wants to do. If he wants to stay at Ole Miss, he'll stay at Ole Miss. If he wants to go somewhere else, he's going to do it no matter what you say or what people you know are bitching about, whatever. What Ole Miss has to do is we have to be willing to pay Lane Kiffin whatever he wants to stay if we want him, if we feel like he is the coach of the future, and we have to make it to whereas he doesn't leave because of money. As long as Ole Miss does his part and says, hey, we're willing to pay you whatever to keep you and put the ball in Lane Kiffin's court, we will have put our best foot forward. And if he stays, great. He'll be compensated you know, the way he should be compensated. But make it to where if he has to make the decision where he personally wants to leave. And it has nothing to do with what Ole Miss's fan base, Ole Miss, or anything Ole Miss is willing to offer. So – that's where they have to put their mindset. We, as long as Ole Miss always keeps the ball in Kiffin's court and doesn't fail to, to meet any obligation that he wants, we'll be fine. So 
that's the only thing we can do. That's the only thing Ole Miss can't control because at the end of the day, he's his own man. He's going to make his decision based off of himself. So that's really all, all you can control. I mean, that's that's really the reality of it. We'll get right back to Bradley Sow on this edition of Talk of Champions with former Ole Miss defensive back Tim Strickland coming up on the Modern Woman phone line after I tell you briefly about Chinese Pharmacy, another proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's not Christmas time. It's football season, specifically Ole Miss football season. You want to be there, right? In the Grove, in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, cheering on the Rebels every single Saturday. The only way to do that is to make sure you're healthy, to take care of yourself, to have a pharmacy that you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down, it's not close. So give Chaney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at chaneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Chaney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. I don't have it real solid sourced, but I've had enough people tell me that I at least listen to it, that he has an offer right now, a new contract right now that he can sign. He hadn't signed it yet. He'd be a fool to, I guess, if you're really trying to play the leverage game as an agent or as a coach that's being pursued. But how really pursued is Lane Kiffin right now? I don't know. I think it's a little overblown. Ole Miss is willing to pay whatever necessary. Now, if some school came with a ridiculous offer, like $13.5 million, of course Ole Miss can't go to $13.5 million. But $7.5, maybe $8.5, sure. Ole yeah. Miss can do that. Now, the and question I, I is... Think, I don't think Miami can, though, Ben. I, I, mean, I, I, I don't either. Miami's, I don't either. But don't the think, thing is, if it's Miami. close, say Miami comes at six and a half. But that job has to open up first. That job has to open up before you can even have this conversation. And it is no guarantee. I think the assumption is that that job's going to come open. From everybody I talked to on Sunday, the, the assumption is it's going to come open. But it's not a guarantee. There's also a large faction of people that I talked to that said there's a very good chance, if not a better than not chance, that Manny Diaz gets another year because of all the upheaval with the AD and everything like that. But if that does come open, and Miami has made it clear, Mario Cristobal and Lane Kiffin are their top two targets. If they offered $6.5 million and Ole Miss is offering $7.5 million, no matter what, in that scenario, Lane Kiffin would have to leave some money on the table. But I'm not so sure that if it was close enough that he wouldn't go to Miami. I can't really explain it. That's just the general vibe I get. Yeah, I just think I think based off location, that that's something that would get us there. I think that that is... Um you know, obviously a, a spot that he's very fond of. So, uh, man, Mario Cristobal going, leaving Oregon in Miami would be a, a brutal step down. I mean, my Oregon is so, yeah. very well back. <laughs> Oregon's very well back. I mean, they have amazing facilities, amazing fan base. I mean, that would, that would be, ugh, that'd be brutal for him. The whole coaching carousel is fascinating to watch right now. There isn't a big talent pool in which to go fishing for a new coach. Usually we know the big names. So, of course, when all this came out about Dan Mullen getting canned at Florida, and you hate to see it with Dan Mullen, just hate to see it, right? Poor Dan Mullen. 
when that news comes down, a lot of people reach out and they're like, hey, okay, what if Lane does become serious at Florida? Who would Ole Miss consider? Well, I think there's a lot of different directions Ole Miss could go. We've talked about Jeff Levy as a possibility, Dave Clawson, Billy Napier would make sense, but back when Ole Miss came open with Matt Luke getting fired and they hired Lane Kiffin, they kind of approached Billy Napier or at least put out some feelers there and they didn't get a positive response back as far as his potential interest, so they moved on. So Billy Napier would be at the top of that list. So would Dave Aranda, but Billy Napier's probably going to Florida or Arizona State or Virginia Tech. I would say right now it's pretty obvious that he's number one at Florida right now on this Monday. Dave Aranda is undoubtedly, in my opinion, going west. He's going to go to USC or he's going to go to Washington. I don't think he's long for Baylor anymore. So Dave Aranda, I'd make him tell me no four times, but Dave Aranda's not going to be there for you if you're Ole Miss. So maybe Dan Lanning or Jamie Chadwell or Todd Moinkin or Mike Elko. I don't think Mike Elko's real, but Scott Satterfield, Sean Lewis, Bill O'Brien, Tony Elliott. There's a lot of different guys that could potentially crop up. And I've heard a little bit of smoke about all those different names because of where they were on the list the first time around. But I think a lot of people are putting the cart before the horse here. Because of the realistic options for Lane Kiffin. And I don't think he's long for Ole Miss. Nobody really thinks that. Even the biggest homer out there doesn't think that Lane Kiffin is a forever Ole Miss rebel. So it's going to happen at some point. But right now, what are the realistic options? And of those realistic options, because Miami hasn't come open yet, Ole Miss would be the best option in that scenario. So I think a lot of people... Just need to pump the brakes a little bit, not worry about it too much. If it happens, it happens. Ole Miss is in a great spot, but I do think that Lane Kiffin is probably going to be back at Ole Miss next year. But he's always going to be talking to schools. He's always going to be floating his name out there. That's what he does. I don't know. I just don't see the fit. Where is the fit? I'm trying to find the fit, and I just don't see the fit right now. Miami, but that's about it. Yeah, I think I think you're right, man. I think it's just, it's just a lot of stuff has to play out, too. I mean, you got Auburn. The Auburn job could randomly pop up. And the Tennessee job could pop back up. And that yeah, I've heard if Lincoln Riley goes to LSU and Josh Heupel to Oklahoma, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I just I, the, where I'm going to put my mindset is, I know Keith Carter and the people involved are going to do the right thing. That's Kiffin's right. going to have a deal available to sign at Ole Miss. That's as good as as good as we can offer and as good as he can get. Put the ball in his court. If the man wants to leave, I can hang my hat on saying, hey, Ole Miss did everything they can. It's not the Ole Miss of the past where we're trying to find cheap coaches, all this. We gave him our best foot forward. If he wants to leave, then that that's on him. You know, And that, as long as Ole Miss does that, I'll be happy with whatever the result is. So I, 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 just, I, I, just wanted to, I just want Ole Miss fans to put their mindset there, and I think that will, will provide the comfort and – and realize that Lane will get the deal that, that he wants at Ole Miss and, and, and the better deal of being in front of him in Oxford. But if he wants to leave, make it a personal decision, make it have to do nothing with the school, Ole Miss, or the people or the leaders involved. Ole Miss has never been in a better spot to hire a coach if it has to. Of course, yeah. everybody wants Lane Kiffin to be here next year, and I think he's going to be. But the idea that he's going to be here forever, that, that's not realistic. It's just not. So you need to get that out of your mind and not stress when all this stuff pops up. I guess that's what I'm getting at here. And check out the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com and FillyDevon3.com. Just don't stress out about it because Ole Miss is in a good spot. I have full confidence in Keith Carter, too. How many of these um, How many of these jobs have Freeze's name attached to it? I have not looked into it. Zero. But is, is, he, is he being thrown around? Well, he's being now? thrown out there in the media. But from where the decisions are actually being made, Hugh Freeze is not being considered. He's not being considered yeah. at Virginia Tech. When you lie, like Hugh Freeze lied, and I'm not just talking about the off-the-field stuff. Just take that out of it. But from an administrative standpoint, when you lie, like Hugh Freeze lied, it's the scarlet letter. If Memphis comes open, Memphis makes a lot of sense for him. Don't say Ole Miss, because that's not going to happen. Liberty's a better job than Memphis, so I would just stay put. <laughs> Hugh Freeze is not connected to LSU. Hugh Freeze is not connected. He would desperately want Tennessee. How do we get back here? You always bring him up, Brad. Dang it. You always bring him up. <laughs> well, listen, it's coaching search season. You know his name's going to get thrown around. We might as well By the media. Out. That's it. <laughs> you know he's going to get thrown around. He'll, he'll be he'll be him and, you know, he's always he's always, um, he's always thrown in there. So I figured we get it off our chest. Go ahead and talk about it. Go ahead uh, and spill all the rumors and call it a day there. The fact that he's still there should tell you all you need to know. Because a lot of good jobs yeah. have come open. I don't know what Tennessee would do. 
Because I think LSU is prepared to really offer a shit ton of money to Lincoln Riley. But why would you come to LSU amidst all the stuff LSU is dealing with? Now, if it's $13.5 million, money speaks louder than anything else. I get it. That New Orleans talent that you can pull, I mean, dude, I think I think he would be a, a home run hire for them. Oh, duh. But, I mean, Lincoln Riley to me is – I mean, I heard this argument not too long ago. He's more – He's more ready for the NFL, in my opinion. I think I could see him doing that jump much more so than than maybe taking a, a, a lateral job like an LSU or whatever. I just feel like there's some teams that could be after him in the NFL. I've, um, I mean, I, I've heard there's you know, rumblings with the Bears, a couple others with him, just because you know how he did with Kyler Murray and maybe being a Justin Fields fit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think there's going to be some teams in the NFL come after him as well. So I'm gonna be interested to see what he does. That's exactly how I feel about Lane Kiffin. You think? And if I don't know, I think he's a, I think he's a little bit of ways away from the NFL. I don't. I think everything he does, how he operates, he handles it like the NFL. For the longest, I had somebody that I trust tell me over and over again. Now watch out for the Miami Dolphins. Miami comes open. Brian Flores gets fired. Watch out for the Miami Dolphins with Lane Kiffin. That would be interesting. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't really think about it, but I, I think that um, I could see him being a little bit longer. At some point, I think he ends up back there. Yeah, but. I could see him. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. That's a that'd be an interesting step from Ole Miss to the NFL. I know that Ole Miss fans and just college football fans in general love coaching carousel season. I hate it. <laughs> I really do. Uh well, it's just hard to talk about because you don't know what's going to come. You know, a lot of stuff can happen. You know, it's, it's you like, hear it's so like much. Like, yeah, it's like it's like talking about where recruits are going. You don't know, like this whole Arch Manning thing. It's like we don't know until he till we know who's it, what coaches are where his last season to choose. You know what I mean? Like, of course, you know, everybody was talking about, you know, Texas, well, Texas looks terrible. LSU's firing their coach, you know, Clemson's kind of fell off. I mean, it's just kind of, you just don't know, man. A lot of stuff can happen. Two years ago, LSU was one of the best teams in the nation. I mean, they're not even going to bowl game this year, likely. So, um, yeah, I mean, you just don't know, man. A lot of stuff can happen. Um, you know, it's hard to predict until you see where the dominoes fall. But obviously, at the Ole Miss Spirit, we'll be talking about it, writing about it, have full coverage of recruiting, of the coaching carousel, whatever we hear. Chuck Rounds, my co-worker, publisher at the Ole Miss Spirit, he's also writing about some rumor stuff, put up a couple of things on Sunday, so check it out. If you sign up right now for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of on3.com, you can have a seven-day free trial before you have to decide whether or not you want to keep it. So check it out, omspirit.com. If you haven't already subscribed to Review Talk of Champions on iTunes, and when you do, leave a five-star review. This podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. Time now to go to the Modern Bloomin phone line to speak to Tim Strickland, former Ole Miss defensive back, because it's Egg Bowl week. And who better to talk about the Egg Bowl than Tim Strickland? He was there in 97. But it's time now to hear from Tim Strickland, former Ole Miss defensive back on the Modern Women phone line. After we hear briefly from BNA Bank and Thomas Chandler of Modern Women, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. See you, buddy. See you, Ben. Howdy, toddy. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. Are you looking for a career change? Maybe COVID threw you for a loop. Maybe it's time that you did something else. Maybe you're just tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary. You do have to be a resident of Mississippi, but what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. Don't wait around anymore. It's time to make a change. So for more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas Chandler today directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Make the change. Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions. The Modern Woodman phone line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. 
where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter going now to the Modern Woodman phone line to speak to former Ole Miss defensive back Tim Strickland. Tim, what's up, man? How you doing? Man, everything is lovely, Ben. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. It's Egg Bowl week. So immediately, when you know it's Egg Bowl week, where does your mind go to, Tim? <laughs> man, you know. Um, yes. Back when I was playing, man, uh, it really goes back to um, the really the fight. You know, every time I think about it, everybody, then like on Facebook, anything like that, that's, it always pops up on my timeline. But um, as of this year, you know, hopefully we can, you know, close this out, you know, and, um, you know, come out with a win this week. Now, look, you're very well versed in this rivalry. You know how deep it gets, how much the hatred runs deep. In the 1997 yes, Egg Bowl, you were mixing it up. What do you remember most? Because Deuce <laughs> has talked about this on this podcast countless times about that fight. But what do you remember okay. most about that fight for you, your vantage point? Man, what I remember most is, I mean, what, what happened first is that we only had, uh, you know, receivers and DBs on the field and running backs, just the skill position. Right. So, as, you know, they make our way through our warm-ups, you know, of course, you know, who started the fight, Robert Reed, uh, once he got the jabbing with them, you know, I was down in the corner um, warming up with Coach Lovett, um, I think me, Thig, um, Corey Graham, um, who else is down there with? I think uh, uh, R.I.P. Justin, I think Justin was down there with us, and then once I saw the fight, man, I just took off. And then after that, Corey, I think Corey followed me. And my first reaction, and I think I first, my first thing I did was just, like, kick the guy. And then I got him off somebody. Then um, I grabbed another guy by his face mask, and we started tussling. And then, you know, my guy, uh, my guy Matt Luke, jumped on top of me and protected me because I was down there, you know, going at one guy. Matt jumped in and, you know, pushed the guy up off me. So, you know, Matt Luke, my guy, my sweet mate, in college, you know, I always looked out. So, you know, me and him was always tight. That game, it was a good encapsulation, that fight, of just how much heat, how much drama there is with this rivalry. I think it's cooled down a little bit, but not really. And you being in it, what was your biggest takeaway from the Egg Bowl as far as where it stands in college football, the heated nature of this rivalry? I really been, I really think you have to be involved with it. I don't, you know, it's probably not going to get the recognition, of course, with like Iron Bowl, Alabama, Auburn, but in Mississippi, man, it, it goes deep because I really didn't understand it coming from Memphis. You know, um, when I first got there, I think every morning, every time we stretched, you know, we kind of did a thing towards Mississippi State. Now I was like, dang, okay. But then once I got involved with it, man, you know, it turned up a notch, you know, me, I'm a competitive guy. So, you know, it was right up my alley. And, um, but as far as the national recognition, I don't think people really understand until they come out and maybe go to a game or, you know, maybe sit around and listen to the radio the week of, you know, kind of, you, you kind of feel the bitterness and, and towards each other. Well, this game is interesting or maybe more interesting for you because you're back in town for the Ole Miss-Texas A&M game. Watched Ole Miss beat up on Texas A&M 29-19. to When's the last time before Texas A&M you'd been back in Oxford? Man, I think my last game was probably one of the, my worst memories. Been there. I mean, it was just we lost to Arkansas in, like, I think, double overtime. I think that's like 2015, you know, on the 4th and – 28. Oh my God. Yeah. The fourth and 28 yeah. was your last trip yeah. back? Yeah, yeah. That oh, was my last God. time. And then, I was, I think I was down there by myself, too, man. I almost got to fight after that game. And I was so <laughs> mad. And, um, but, but the last four or five years, I've been building my business here in Memphis. I really be busy on Saturdays, but uh, I've been able, you know, to get a check and everything here in Memphis. And it's treated me up a little bit. But, um, it was good that I got down there. I'm happy, man. They are reaching out to former players. They really need to. Um, you know, guys like me and, you know, and, and me coming in in 95, man, you got to understand, um, Ole Miss was not the, 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 you know, the place to be it is now, man. You know, because when I chose Ole Miss, you know, we was going on probation and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of take it personal that, you know, I, I chose a place that, you know, that was not, the the fad or place to be is now you know how it is Oxford man you know game day you know you would not find a better a- atmosphere so when I went you know I think we did a lot to kind of build that up and you know get rid of a lot of things that makes 
you know, people look down on Ole Miss, but once you come down there, you know, get on campus, it's really hard not to like Ole Miss. So, um, you know, it was good that I got back down there. Actually, that was the first time my, my family had actually been down there doing a game. We came down on the campus, you know, just walked around, showing them around. But my boy, that was their first time being at a game, and they loved it, man. Wow. That that's their first game is just ridiculous to me because it feels yeah, like – that was, that was awesome. Yeah, for the longest time, there wasn't this concerted effort to reach out to former players to get them back, to bring them back, to incorporate them in with the current program. Every other big time program does this, and now you're starting right. to see. There you go, baby. Yeah. you hit it right. You hit it right. That's it right there, man. I mean, I'm just text talking because I had friends that go to Alabama, man. They can pull up like anytime, you know. And then you see it on the sideline. You see them, and a lot of them, a lot of them guys not in the NFL. Them be normal Alabama players. They're just on the sideline, you know, or whatever at the game because, you know, they're making it, you know, uh, easy for a guy who put in work, I mean, sweat, a lot of time out there, man. I mean, we should have some kind of, you know, easy access to the to the football program. And it feels like it's becoming that now. And, I mean, I'm just being honest. Just If you look at the class that I had coming, I mean, we only had 13 scholarships being in the – and I think to, I mean, the – the success rate we had of the 13, me, Tuton, Ronnie. Um, I don't think Pa was on scholarship when he first got there, but I think they eventually put him on there. Mm-hmm. Um, um, who else came there? Uh, that stayed because a lot of, you know, I mean, Tug was rough, man. He ran off, he even ran off people that wasn't either, that was on scholarship and we didn't have a 13. So I figured, man, I made it through probably one of the hardest times of Ole Miss and, you know, got it back on track. And since then, I don't think the program has really went back to that depth. We probably had a couple of years, you know, down, but we haven't went back that low since then. How has Ole Miss changed? What's the biggest difference, do you think? Since me, I mean, even I was going down before. I was going down, you know, a lot before 2015. Even at that time, you could see the growth, you know. Like I said, the best thing Ole Miss could do is try to shed the the image it has of 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 offering or not even offering or being receptive to people that don't look like the majority down there. That's just the best thing Ole Miss can do. And they've made a concerted effort to do that. And um, it has changed a lot. Even when I went there, um, you remember we had Confederate flag flying. And I think, oh, I mean, think Tub made that a point to, you know, get rid of that because it's, either way you look at it, it was not going to be a good good thing for Ole Miss because people are going to hold it against you. So you got to you got to grow these days, and um, everything is, is is televised, so you can't hide anything, you know. So um, you got to be uh, moving forward, and I think Ole Miss is making a concerted effort to do that. Does it feel that long ago that you were playing? Because it doesn't feel that long for me. I'm sitting here talking to you. It's been <laughs> 21 years since the Motor City Bowl. I, right, right. I mean, yeah, man, because I did play a little professional football in Canada. Um, I really don't miss – football man because then i think i i think i got everything out of me you know so um i really don't miss it but i do at some point the body's just kind of like all right i'm good i'm good right right and that's kind of how what my body did to me so man i don't um i don't i don't really hold any grit i love coming down and watching guys play um like i said man if 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 somebody comes to visit oxford it ain't gonna be because you ain't love the campus you ain't love the atmosphere they're gonna pick somewhere else just because but um, once you get down there, you'll understand why people love to come down there, to visit, to stay, to live a life down there. So my wife, you know, she she was like, man, you know, she got me thinking about trying to buy a house in, in Oxford. So there you go. She, yeah, you know, so she is, um, she loved it. And like I said, I mean, you don't, you know, Oxford, once, once you get there, you know, the, the, the square, everything, you know, is right there. You know, you go to the stadium. They've done a great job with the stadium. And I heard they're going to do even more. So, man, Oxford's going, you know, Oxford's going to be the place. What was it like having all the former players and seeing guys like you and Chris and Brad and you name it, a number of guys, and you are starting to really form that bond that you see at other schools right. with former players, that fraternity that you hear so much about. Now it's really starting to metastasize at Ole Miss. I mean, just networking, Ben. You know, I that was my first time uh, um, meet um, um, Brad uh, in the in the in the Grove, and me and him hit it off. You know, started talking. Man, he reached out to me. 
And that's what it's all about. And I had that was my first time meeting Chris. You know, Chris had been around in a long time. I mean, Romero told me I think Chris hadn't came back in 15, 20 years. So, that is absurd like said, to me. Right. That's crazy. That's crazy. And man, man, as many times they call that man's name on the TV after I left Ole Miss. And, that, and I was like, wow. So, like I said, that's, you know, you kind of, you know, you got to kind of give uh, Romero his his flowers because he's been on social media preaching that for a long time. And, you know, I'm glad Keith and other people listened to him. Uh, you know, Keith came in with me at Ole Miss in 95. I think 95, I think Keith came in 95 or 96, but he was with me. I know that. Um, spent a lot of time with him at Ole Miss, him and Mike. Man, come on. All, at that time, you know, all the athletes stayed in Canard, right? That's right. <laughs> we yeah. saw a lot of each other. Jason Smith, come on, all them with my guys. So we, uh, I think at that time, I think we, that class and, and during that time made a lot of difference, uh, uh, made a lot of difference at Ole Miss. Things you're even seeing today. Oh my God, I feel old as hell right now. Cause I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna fan out real quick. So back okay. in 2000, back when Meet the Rebels, you just run out there on the field and just run up to players and get them to sign stuff and everything like that. I have this ball that's still in my office to this day. And one of the very big names that, that I had to get first was Tim Strickland, number three. That's true. It's yeah, right there. Oh my, I'm saying. And now. <laughs> I'm talking to you, and Keith Carter's the AD, and the interception that you got off of Josh Heupel, he's now the head coach at Tennessee. Right. You went hey, up, hey, we were the last team to beat that team before they won that championship. That's right. And now Josh Heupel's yeah. the head coach at Tennessee. Randy right. Moss in the Motor City Bowl. He's a Hall of Famer right. on ESPN. Right. So, golly, I'm having like an existential crisis live on the air right now. Right. And I talk to my boys sometimes. They, they'd be like, man, you ain't playing against a random ball. I have to go show them the video. The man. hell you didn't. Yeah. I remember that vividly. <laughs> Come on. Because Randy yeah, came so. in and everybody was talking about Randy and then y'all dominated. Right. Man, we, hey, man, that was a great game, man. I mean, we, what was so crazy about that start of the game, of course, Grant goes deep, you know, yep. and then I think Deuce scored the next play. And I come out, I say, uh, I said, Malika. They're going to do the same thing to us. And they did. Malik, and, and I guess he didn't listen to me. And, of course, Random Moss doing, you know, uh, whatever. he was like jumping up and down as he scored uh, that first touchdown on us, man. Uh, I think Malika got hurt. So they moved me to corner. And I swear, as soon as they saw me at corner, they tried me again with Random Moss. <laughs> but, you know, I was way smarter than that. I bagged up about 12 yards, though. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> but, um... Uh, we went up to go. Um, they they tried to go deep on me, you know. So we, you know, we went up and and, and I almost caught an interception, but um, he came on my back and, and and broke it up on me. So that's my that's my fame. That's my that was about two minutes of fame trying to guard random off. Well, you did, and to think about where Ole Miss was back then to where it is now, potentially right. if they beat Mississippi State, the first ever ten win regular season in Ole Miss football history, it's just a really Neat thing to watch. Just having all you guys back, but also to see right. the growth and how important of a role that y'all played in. And that's why bringing former players back is so important because, yes, Lane Kiffin deserves a lot of credit, Matt Corral and these guys, but y'all laid the foundation, man. And I think that a lot of people, Indeed, they don't sometimes appreciate back in those days. It could have gone really, really bad and really, really sideways really quick, but guys like yourself right. and others that decided to take that punch, come to Ole Miss and win, and win in a way when it really wasn't a conducive environment to winning, I just think it says a lot. I know Ooh. I'm kind of fanning out right now, but it's just it says a lot. I think. No, that's now because you know I got stories. Now, I mean, I just understand this, man. We was practicing on concrete, so I, so I, they got a nice indoor facility and all that, and I'm glad <laughs> they have it. You know, it, we, that's like what I talked about earlier. We supposed to be growing, but when I came to Ole Miss, we was practicing on the concrete right across the street from the practice field. So you take it from there to where we at now. I mean, I think we, you know, we deserve some of that because I could have easily went back to Memphis, no, you know, so, but mm -hmm. I wasn't built like that, you know, so once I start something, I kind of finish it. Well, to this day, I still associate, I'm friends with Shea Hodge, he wore number three, a lot of friends wore number three, yep. I still associate number three with Tim Strickland. Thanks for doing this, man, I appreciate you. Man, you know I appreciate you, man, howdy toddy, and we're going to go get, we're going to get us a win this week, you know, so, um. We just got to go out and play our game. It's going to be tough. State State came back and did their thing last week. So you got to be ready. To, we got to be ready to go. And um, I think our guys going to hold up. Defense playing really well, man. I'm, man, you know, I'm a defensive guy. So I love what they did last week. And we're going to show out this week, man. Hard to tie. Final score prediction is what? 
Uh, we're going to be – is that safe, correct? I'm, yes. I'm right about that, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, I say – I say I go with 33-26, something like that. You know, it's going to be a tight game. It might come down to a field goal, but we're going to end up, you know, scoring late probably or make it 33-24, no, something like that. That's how I feel. I am totally stealing that score when I do my prediction on Thanksgiving Day. I am stealing that, and I'm going to attribute it to you so that if Ole Miss loses, they can just blame you, not me. I'm just doing that. That's what I'm going to do. He's Tim Strickland. Thank you, buddy. appreciate you. I appreciate you being, man. And, man, stay in touch, okay? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.